and we're going to talk about what is a lien, what are the lien deadlines that you need to be aware of, what are the major exceptions to those rules, and then why you should consider using an NTO company uh, instead of doing the notices yourself, and what are those? What are the benefits of using the right NTO company? So, so let's get started. So, what is a lien? The first thing you have to understand is is what it is. It, it's a a right that you have in the construction industry to encumber real property for an amount equal to the value of the work and materials you provide that you haven't been paid for. Which means that if you properly record a lien, someone who owns a piece of property will not be able to sell the property or refinance the property without resolving the issues with respect to your lien, which could include transferring that lien to some bond or type of security. In order to have lien rights, you need to have the right via a contract to have performed work on that property. The contract does not have to be written. It can be oral. And you need to fall within the chain of contracts that the lien law provides, which effectively means that the bottom of the bottom rung are sub subcontractors and material suppliers to subcontractors. Anything lower than that, you will not have lien rights. And you generally, you can't lien for materials that you have not delivered or installed. So if, if you have material in your warehouse that was ordered, but it hasn't been delivered and, and you're not able to deliver it or install it, you will not be able to assert a lien for that material. The other big item that is we get questions on are delay damages. If you have been on a job longer than you should have and you believe that you're entitled to additional money, even if you're entitled to that additional money based on your contract, you're not allowed to include those amounts in your lien. You can still file a lawsuit for it, but it can't be in your lien. And finally, our lost profits. If you're terminated from a job and your profit on the job should have been 30 grand but you were, you were terminated one-third of the way through, so therefore you have $20,000 worth of lost profits, you are not able to include that amount in your lien. Again, you may be able to file a lawsuit for it, it just cannot be in your lien. So let's go over what the lien deadlines are. Within 45 days of your first work, you need to serve an N, uh, NTO, a notice to owner. Within 90 days of your last work on the job, you need to record the claim of lien. Within 15 days of recording, you need to serve a copy of the claim of lien on all interested parties that are listed in the NOC, the Notice of Commencement, which is recorded by the owner or contractor at the beginning of the job. And it may list some other people that need to receive a copy of both the notice to owner and the lien. If you have a contract with the owner, you need to serve what's called a contractor's final affidavit at least five days before you file a lawsuit to foreclose on the lien. So that may be uh, close to 300 days after you record the lien, and typically we recommend that you do it at the time that you record the lien and send it out to the owner. You would prepare and serve the contractor's final affidavit. Again, those are only for people that have a direct contract with the owner. Within one year of the recording date of the claim of lien, you need to file a lawsuit to foreclose. 
that is the only way to preserve your lien rights. There is no such thing as re-recording the lien or extending the lien by some other means. The only thing you can do is file a lawsuit within one year of the recording date of that claim of lien. And every single one of these rules that I've told you has at least one, if not many, exceptions. So these are just the general rules that uh, you need to be aware of. The key being 45 days from your first work, you need to serve the notice to owner, and 90 days from your last work, you have to record the claim of lien. And then the next biggest one is filing suit no later than a year. I will tell you that in our experience, you shouldn't be waiting that long before you decide to do something with your lien. So if you've gone through the effort of recording a lien, and you've decided that you have been unable in your own collection process to get paid, then you need to make sure that you proceed swiftly. And usually we say within 30 to 90 days of the recording date of your claim of lien, if you have not been able to get paid, you need to move to the next step, which is to hire a lawyer, send a demand letter, or file your lawsuit. Waiting, unless you have a specific reason uh, to wait, waiting typically by itself is not going to get you paid. So let's talk about the major exceptions that we've run into a lot. If you have a direct contract with the owner, there's no need to send a notice to owner. So if you're a plumber and you have a direct contract with the owner, you don't need to send a notice to owner. But you should, and the reason you should is that especially for residential construction, we find that owners who receive notices take you more seriously because they receive this document in the mail that indicates to them that if they don't pay you, you can sell their house. Also, if the project is funded via a lender, by sending a notice to owner to the lender, the lender now is more aware of your existence and will ensure that they get releases from you every time they fund the construction. If you are a sub subcontractor or a material supplier to a subcontractor, you need to make sure that a copy of the notice to owner gets not only to the owner, but also to the contractor. Meaning if you're a sub subcontractor and you do your own notice to owners and you send it just to the owner, you do not have lien rights because you need to send that notice to owner to the contractor as well. And the reason is that if a sub subcontractor or material supplier to a subcontractor doesn't send the notice to owner to the contractor, the contractor has no way to know that you're on the job. The only way they know that you're on the job is by getting your notice to owner. And because of that, you only have lien rights if a copy is sent to them. Next, within 45 days from your first work, you need to send that notice to owner. But understand that that 45 days is the date the 45th day, I should say, is the date that the owner has to receive the document. Meaning if, if on the 44th day you put it in the mail, you're late. So if you use a, a notice company like Sunray, what they do is there's a rule in the lien law that says that so long as they send it by the 40th day, 40, 40th day, and they maintain proof that it was hand-delivered to the post office, and they do that with what's called a manifest or a mail log that they get stamped by the post office. If they do that, then whether or not the owner actually receives the notice to owner or not, as long as it was mailed 
with a manifest by the 40th day, it is presumed to be delivered. So you get the benefit of having it uh, presumed delivered whether it gets to them or not. But again, even if you use Sunray, they need to get it out by the 40th day, meaning you can't wait until the 39th day to get it to them. So planning ahead is, is very important. 90 days is not three months. I told you that you need to record your lien within 90 days of recording. You need to record your claim of lien within 90 days of your last work. 90 days is not three months. So if you're calculating when you need to record your lien by saying February 2nd, March 2nd, you're making a mistake. Uh, some days obviously have more than 30 days. Some days have fewer than 30 days. Some months, you need to make sure that uh, you cal calculate the 90th day correctly. And so you know the 90th day, in, when you count 90 days, the, you include all of the weekends and legal holidays from your date of last work all the way to the end until you get to, uh, to the very end. And if the 90th day falls on a weekend or federal legal holiday, then you roll it over to the next day. So if the 90th day is a Saturday, you roll it to the, to the next business day, which would be Monday. But if that Monday is a federal legal holiday, then you roll it to a Tuesday. Aside from that, you're counting every weekend and holiday in between. Warranty work and punch list work is not last work. So if you uh, go back and uh, touch something up, repaint something, patch a hole, uh, that by itself is not your last work. Your last work is the work that actually entitles you to be paid, so it has to be something meaningful under your contract. Also, passing an inspection is not last work. So if you do all the work and then two weeks later you get back on the job site to pass the inspection, your 90 days starts running not from the day you pass the inspection, but from the day you actually did the last work. I told you that you need to send the notice to owner no later than 45 days, or it has to be received no later than 45 days, but the better way to approach it is once you sign the contract for the work, then you can send your notice to owner. So there's nothing that stops you from sending a notice to owner early, you just can't send it late. So your internal procedure ideally is that once you sign a contract, assuming of course you haven't already started the work, um, but if you sign a contract before you start the work, then that should be the trigger to send out your notice to own. If you do work on leased property, that means that you may not have lien rights on the underlying dirt, the, the realty. You may only have a lien on the lease, which is the document that exists between the landlord and the tenant. And as a result, if you foreclose on that lease, you get to potentially move in and pay rent and run the business. What we find is that if the tenant that hired you has issues paying you, they may also not be paying the rent. And if that's the case, then they likely will be evicted, which means that foreclosing on the lease itself has very little value. So you need to be very careful when you work on leased property and just know that the likelihood of getting your lien to attach to the real property is very slim. There are lots of exceptions around the rule, but most landlords are sophisticated enough to record the documents they need to record 
to keep their property free and clear of liens, which means, again, that if you do work on leased property, your lien rights 